Francis. Big stuff. We have so much to talk about right now. Should we talk about our beverages first and then talk about all the big stuff? Sure. You can go first. Okay. So this week I'm trying a new graft cider because <laughs> that's my MO. Uh, they like they release these lines of ciders that are kind of in one unit. Um, like there's multiple for different designs. So one of the groupings they did was like this dreamsicle line where they used milk sugar in a bunch of different types of ciders. And I've already tried two, I think. So I've tried a few of them and most of them have been pretty good. Anyway, so this is another one and this is, I'm a little concerned about because we had that one that tasted like cough syrup and I don't remember what fruit that was. Cherry. No, it wasn't. Wasn't it? I think it was strawberry. Um, because this one is hop raspberry cherry dreamsicle, which features apples, raspberries, cherries, hops, milk, sugar, and vanilla. It's really weird. Is it? It's good weird though. It's very tart. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it doesn't say what kind of cherry, but it might be sour cherries. Um, it's pretty good. I don't know if I'd get it again, but I like, I mean, it's, I, I can drink it. It's, mm-hmm. it's decent. You're drinking something totally different. That's not going to make a sound. <laughs> Sake. Yeah. Out of a really, really pretty bottle. It's this beautiful blue bottle. What percent is sake? This one is 18%. Wow. Don't drink that whole thing. You'll be on the floor. No. I will drink the whole thing, and I will not be on the floor. This bottle, however, is going on the floor. Yeah, I'm going to put my can on the floor. It's one of those uh, nigori, or the milky-looking sakes. Yeah, and you're drinking it cold. Yep. Which normally when we go out for Japanese, you drink it hot. Mm, um, this type of sake is more popular in America than it is Japan. Interesting. Because it's sweeter. We're closer to Callie's litter box. And we're also closer to our water pipes, which like make these rattling noises so every so often. So sorry in advance if you hear like a clink clink, that's our water pipes. Also, you'd be able to hear it better because we have uh, improved microphones. Yeah, that's part of our big news. Woo, 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 woo. I gotta be cognizant of my volume. Yeah, so we upgraded significantly. We got brand new microphones and a brand new setup. We're not in a fort anymore. We're in this like janky corner of our laundry room with a card table. Hopefully it's a little better sound quality. We are not really sure long term. We've done a couple test recordings, but. But hopefully it's better. We got a lot of helpful comments about the fact that Alex and my voices pick up differently. So this will have a difference in gain. So hopefully Alex is a little more audible. I have that baritone. You've got the most baritone of voices. What are the, What else? Tenor baritone. Soprano. I don't know. I wasn't a choir person. I would say there's also castrato, but I'm not castrato. Is that like castrated? Mm-hmm. They castrate like boys oh. so that they don't ever mature. Isn't it the same term as eunuch? Yeah, I guess, but eunuchs don't typically sing. They don't? I think eunuchs were... They were like in the court jester area, right? They were like little Probably. page boys? Yeah. Um, we are also now on Patreon. Ooh, that's, uh, that's big. It is, it is quite large. Well, at this point in time, it's literally nobody zero patrons, so it's not large yet, but it's big for us. But for those of you that are listening right now, you could be Smitty, uh, Smitty Warby Man Jensen and be number one. Yep. <laughs> it's got a hard name to say. Yeah, I'm surprised you know it. He was number one. You I can't know. forget that name. Yeah. Um, so if you go to patreon.com slash that podcast, you can find our page there. 
And if you start at the lowest tier that we have, which right now is $2, you'll also get access to, what's uh, the name of it? Our secondary mini episode every week, which is going to be called Supernatural Tales for You. For you is in parentheses. And that's going to be, basically, it's a short episode where we talk about some ghost story or vampires, aliens, werewolves, really anything that's just like kind of out there and Wendigo. bizarre. And we wanted to keep with our acronym, so we named it that. So that's going to be just a short episode that's available to all of our tiers, 2, 5, 10, and 25 if you're feeling really generous. Um, so please go check out our Patreon page. We just you know, got this whole new setup, which is really exciting. And we've got some other irons in the fire that we're trying to do. And eventually it'd be great to be able to put out merch. I've already started thinking of designs because I'm a dreamer. And we really can't do any of that without any, you know, financial help. So if you love Sad Tales podcast as much as we do, please go head on over to www.patreon.com slash sadtalespodcast. And we appreciate that. Right? Yep. Um, i trying to think if there's any other news. That's a lot of news. Uh, also, all of our tiers have really fun names. So, just saying. We won't spoil it. You have to go over there to find out what they are. But you, too, could be in a fun-named group. Ooh, mystery. I know. We're all about intrigue here. Um, I think you went first last week? Question mark? Yes. I did. Which means I get to drink, and then by the time I get to my story, I'm already had alcohol, and we really haven't had lunch. So that's fun. This is very lard. Lard. Loud. <laughs> you hard know that, paper. that lard paper? I mean, it's probably made. Ew. Wood pulp and lard. Ew. It's pig in that paper? Yeah. Pigs in a blanket. Blanket made of pig. Um, So this week I have the thrilling, exciting tale of Michelle or Michael Lupo. Which one is it? It's spelled M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Oh, it's probably Michelle. He's Italian, so. Mm -hmm. But you also can call him Michael. We can call him that? Yeah. Did he call him that? Uh, we can just call him In a couple sources that. I saw, they either Michelle or Michael. We had a neighbor named Michelle when I was growing up. Um, he is also known as the Wolfman of London. Like, isn't that a song or something? We're also in London. Oh. <laughs> um... This sounds familiar to me. He uh, apparently self-named himself the Wolfman of London, because Lupo means wolf in Italian. Why it sounds familiar to me? So he's a real he's a real catch there. Mm. Also, fun fact: Michel Lupo is also a filmmaker. So it's we're going to call him Michael, so we don't confuse him with the filmmaker. Got it. That must have been confusing when you were trying to look things up about him. Yeah. Uh, Did you use anything with the dot org? Dot edu. I don't think so. Nice. That's fine. Some Reddit. Some... Oh, Reddit. We have an encyclopedia of serial killers. That had, that had... Oh, he's in there. Yeah. Oh. That had contradictory information to everything else I saw online. So. Yeah, but that's a book. Books are sacred. Are they? Yeah. I. If you gave me something from the internet and something from a book, and you were like, which one of these is probably true, I'd be like, the book. If one of these was like, I don't know, the whitehouse.gov versus a book published by Donald Trump. Which one are you going to believe more? Well, but those could both be written by Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly. So which one are you going to believe more? The book. I don't know. Books are, books are legit. Anyway. Uh, Michael was born in 1953 um, in Italy. Um, and he was a choir boy as a child. And that was something I just saw consistent across all the sources that he was a choir boy. Is this a coincidence that we were talking about choir boys earlier? Or is that on your brain because he was a choir boy? We were talking about choir boys for um, acid bath murder. No, I meant this conversation. We were talking about your deep voice and how you weren't a eunuch oh, or a choir boy. Maybe it was sub uh, subliminal subconsciously. but 
Um, while he was living in Italy, he served in an elite Italian army group um, in the early 1970s. And it was through his time in the army that he discovered he had interest in men and also sadomasochism. Mm -hmm. And during his tours with the military, he allegedly had sex with many men in his various posts. Posts. I thought you were going to say poses. Yeah, various poses. Um, well. He had the Kama Sutra and he just went, every, each one, he got to check off a new page. It's army, Kama Sutra, bingo. What is an elite army? Like, isn't like there Green just Berets one? Versus the regular army. Oh. But there were a lot of Italian got elite it. things, so I'm not sure which. But um, he could serve in the military as gay? Well, he just didn't discover he was gay until he was in the military. Oh, okay. In 1975, when he was 23, he moved to London and started working as a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Um, he would ultimately end up moving his way up the social ladder, as it were, and open up a boutique slash flower shop. Some sources said he owned a flower <laughs> shop, and some sources said he owned a boutique. You could do both, right? Yeah, in my mind, boutique is like fashion and it's jewelry. Like, yeah, tchotchkes of the jewelry sort, I would think. Although he was into hairdressing, so maybe it was like a makeup boutique. But you don't sell flowers, generally. No. Mm. Regardless. Um, he purchased a home in Roland Gardens in South Kensington, where he converted one of his rooms to a basic red room of pain. Or a torture room. <laughs> um, a lot of news articles said it was a torture room, but I think it was more close yeah. to a red room of pain. Well, okay, right, you're saying that like it's a thing. Isn't that just from Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, but I think everyone's now familiar yeah, enough with Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty that... Shades of Grey is stupid and portrayed that community in a stupid way. BDSM community? Yeah. BDSM people hate that freaking book because it just made it... Look Most like people it's... with a brain hate that book because it doesn't depict like a healthy relationship. Well, then how did it become like a number one bestseller for like six years in a row? Because middle-aged women that were like sex-starved were buying it up the same reason twilight becomes became so popular did you see any of those movies I saw the you oh. saw the first movie did uh, you 50 shades of gray or twilight yeah. 50 shades of gray no i didn't see any 50 shades did you read that no me neither i saw all the twilights i thought you were asking all of them i think so yeah i also read the first twilight okay like a twilight and then i read all of the twilight books but i only saw the first movie in theaters wow it was not something I wanted to go to. I was with a friend, I don't remember who. And it was like the most ridiculous experience I've ever had. I don't know if I've been in a room with that many like 13-year-old women before. Girls, I don't know, women, whatever. Um, That's a werewolf. Yeah. Not a blend. The werewolf that was into babies. Yeah. Uh, Michael claims to have had sex with over 4,000 men. -uh. Or around 4,000 men. Um, And he recorded... A lot of those details in personal journals that were seized that's, later. That's how um, Also assuming that like he was gay for four to five years or was gay. Like the time he determined, discovered that he was into men, let's say four years. Um, that's like two and a half men a day. If it's five years, then that's a little more reasonable number, no. I think. No, nobody wants to have sex every single day. I don't know. That's that's his claim. It was 4,000 men. Oh my gosh. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. It's Um, too much. Yeah, he would frequent S&M bars, which I guess are a thing. Sure. I guess in Europe. Like, I know Germany has, like, a big, like, leather scene and stuff. Mm. Leather daddy? Yeah. Like, from (laughs) Arrested Development? Mm -hmm. Um, So he would frequent S&M bars and bring home anyone that was willing. Um, In March 1986, he was tested positive for HIV. Big surprise. Anybody having that much sex with any gender would get that. And then the murders began. Oh, no. You know that trend that went around a while ago? And then the murders began? Yeah. It's like, it didn't have something to do with movie titles or something? The first lines of books. Oh, right. So for those people that don't know, I wrote down two two, uh, intros to books. There was an old lady who lived in a shoe. She had so many children she didn't know what to do. And then the murders begin. <laughs> and then uh, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, were proud to say they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. And then the murders begin. <laughs> well, wait, wasn't there another trend? It was similar. I'm pretty sure this was like a spinoff of that. It was like something, 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 and then the Fire Nation attacked. 
Probably, yeah. <laughs> From Avatar. Those are good. How did you think of those? You just like Googled it? Or yeah, did you there, there, was, there, was, there was a list of those two. I, I couldn't even tell you the intro to There Was an Old Lady Who Lived in Issue without having looked that up. I was thinking that there was an old lady who swallowed a fly when you were saying that. but that was And not. then the murders began. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that also f- tracks with that book too because she eats things to murder other things. Um, so yeah, he got diagnosed positive with HIV and then that upset him very deeply and it's like i gotta take revenge on all these gay guys that gave me hiv oh mm-hmm. so uh march 15th 1986 the body of alex casson who was 37 years old and is also a railway worker was discovered in a flat in london he had been mutilated with a razor sodomized <gasps> strangled with a silk sock oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. and his uh his body had been smeared with feces um, and also a fun fact is apparently a fun fact. Yep, fun fact. How are you going to follow that up with a fun fact? For all of his victims, he also uh, cut open their scrotums and massaged their testicles. Whatever that means, I don't know. How you can tell a testicle has been massaged. I'm so shook. Oh my god! Wait. Hashtag shook. Sodomized him with the razor? I don't think so. Can you sodomize somebody with a, a razor? Yeah. I imagine that's just like mutilating somebody. To well, me, sodomy is like a blunt object. Like a pipe. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. So wait. How did they die? Uh, they were strangled to death. With a sock? This um, Alex was strangled with a silk sock. Well, good on him for having silk socks. That's fancy. You don't just, you know, have silk socks unless you, you fancy. Oh my God, though. Oh my God. And then he pooped on him. Mm, he either pooped on him or he just used. He cut open his scrotum. Yeah, and then also like, some reports have um his signature was like the the feces. How is this not? And mutilating with a razor, but <laughs> also like, they like he like cut open the chest cavity or something. Wait. You said there's not much information. How? That is an abomination of a crime. I don't know. Our oh, um, oh, our encyclopedia oh, of serial killers had like a paragraph. Was maybe he in the paragraph section. Maybe half a page oh. on him, and then a lot of like Wikipedia had nothing. Basically, wow. Um, Reddit had some good stuff. Yeah. Holy moly! Holy moly! Holy moly! Okay. All right. All right. Yep. How old was this guy? Thirty-seven. The the deceased? The deceased was 37. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So 1986, he was born in 53. So what's that, 35? Okay. He was at this time. Uh, Michael Lupo, we're talking Wait, about. Wait, 86 and 53, that's 33, not 35. Yeah, 33. <laughs> Michael Lupo is 33. <laughs> I can't do math. April 6th, 1986, the body of Anthony Colonelly, uh, 24. Also an unemployed waiter, which is like confounding to me. How do you, how are you unemployed and also a waiter? No, he probably was a waiter. Now he's lost his job. Worked in a lot of restaurants. He was, his body was found by kids on a railway embankment. Those kids were apparently playing in a railway shed. Yeah, railroad shed. sure. I don't know what that means, but. I'm bracing myself. He had been slashed. Like physically. Strangled and smeared with poop. But he wasn't. I didn't. Now that the scrotum was also. Oh, no. I think it, the poop and the, the scrotum cutting was his like signature from what I saw in a couple articles. He was massaging them? He wasn't like bursting them? I, I don't. How do you determine that a testicle has been massaged? Well, if it were burst. Wait, do they haven't talked to this guy? I can't. Michael jump, Lupa? I'm not, yeah, I'm not jumping to the end. No, they Never mind. Like I said, there's not a lot of details out there. I don't know how you tell if a testicle has been massaged. Exactly. Um, well, they would be sort of, well, I don't know. If they were open to the air, they'd be sort of desiccated. But I don't know how you tell that they've been touched. I'm assuming if you cut it open, you're going to. Yeah. Um, you and I have touched a lot of testicles. We, uh. We used to work and cut open reptiles as our job, associated with other things. But 
There were a lot of testicles, and snake testicles are a sight to behold. Those are like depending on size. A foot long. <laughs> like I said, depending on the size of the snake, they could be quite large. They were huge. Oh my gosh! Wow. And they're like those toys that you used to have that were like rubber with gel in it, and you could like. It's like a Chinese finger trap, but gel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, Anthony Connolly, the deceased, had been living with a man that was HIV positive, and the mm-hmm. postmortem on that, on like his body, was delayed because the coroner wanted to determine if Connolly was positive or not. Um, so a lot of people in the gay community saw that this, like, the police were dragging their feet and not taking these murderers seriously. Oh. So, like, I guess the people in the gay community were also like. If I see something, I'm not going to necessarily report it because the police aren't going to do anything yeah. for me. Yeah. So about a week, two weeks later, April 18th, uh, Lupo is leaving a gay bar when he meets an elderly man, um, like vagrant or a tramp, they listed him as. Don't call him a tramp. What, vagabond? Sure, a homeless man. Um, He... Something in Lupo snapped, and he kicked that man in the groin, and then strangled oh. him, and dumped his body in the in the Thames. Right there. Apparently, yeah. Oh, in the river. This wow. yeah, dumped the body in the Thames, and this guy was never identified. Oh. The next day, April nineteenth, Lupo met Mark Leyland, and Lupo convinced Leyland they were in, in like a, a gay bar, um, and Lupo was like, "You want to come to like cook up in the bathroom?" Uh uh-uh. uh Leyland at the time was like sure but when he got there he changed his mind and tried to leave and Lupo um brandished a lead pipe and like attacked him with it but Leyland was able to escape and uh he went to the police and told them that it was a mugging that had just like gone sideways and he was able to get away um likely he said that so he wouldn't have to yeah. admit to being gay yeah. and soliciting sex yeah oh oh Oh, I wish it was. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's still not great either. No, I know. <sighs> okay. Damien McCluskey was a hospital worker. I did not see an age listed for him. He was last seen April 24th in a bar. Um, his body would be found a little bit later in the month, I believe. It just said sometime later. Um, he had been cut with a razor, sodomized, and strangled. And poop? Probably, yeah. Because I remember a lot of articles I saw, his calling card was like the poop and the, the testicles thing. Oh. Man, Alex. This is gross. <laughs> this is what happens when you randomly flip through a serial killer encyclopedia. I'm liking the cider the more I drink it also. Like... The first sips were kind of weird, and I like it more. Next, you're buzzed. No. You're into it more. No, it's I just enjoy it more now. On May 7th, Lupo was again at another uh, gay bar or S&M bar, and he had picked another target, uh, David Cole. Lupo attempted to strangle him there, I assume on the spot, like in, t- in a bathroom or something, but mm-hmm. Cole was able to escape and alert the police. Um, this time he gave a complete story and said, like, this is what I was doing. Yeah. And this guy tried to, like, kill me. Um, so the police accompanied Cole to uh, surrounding bars in the weeks after this. And was wow. It... What? For weeks after this? Yeah, because this attack happened on, or I guess a week. May 7th the attack happened. And on May 15th they were able to ID and arrest Lupo. God. Gosh, that's great, at least. After hearing of Lupo's arrest, Mark Leyland, the guy that had been attacked in the bathroom. Yep, yep, um, the guy came, who said he wasn't gay. Yeah, came forward and told the police the, like, the that, full story. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, now he felt like safe enough to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, in July 1987, Lupo was convicted on four counts of murder and two counts of attempted murder. Um. Also, when these details started coming out about his attacks, Interpol started looking into similar attacks in New York City, L.A., Berlin, and Amsterdam because similar things that happened in those areas also, but there ended up being no connections made. Mm. Um, I was going to say, how is this guy in four places at once? <laughs> in Berlin and Amsterdam, maybe. Yeah, I don't Well, yeah. 
Um, the jury was told that Lupo, when he found out he had AIDS, it created a callous rationale in him, which created a burning hatred for homosexuals, and that's why he did it. Can you imagine, though, also, this guy is killing people who are homosexual, and he must be going also, he must be going through hell internally, because he then hates himself for being gay. Yeah. He's, like, taking anger out on himself and the community. But it must be just such this emotional experience. Like Either that or he's so detached that he's, like, he realizes he's gay, but he doesn't see that he did anything wrong. It's the gay yeah. people that have AIDS is yeah. a problem. Yeah. He was sentenced to four life sentences plus 14 years, seven for each of the attempted mm-hmm. murders. And on February 12th, 1995, Lupo died in prison due to complications related to AIDS. You smile when you say that. <laughs> well, he's dead, so. I know. I know. Oh. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, but it was weird because that Encyclopedia of Serial Killers listed his first victim as a name that nowhere else had. Like, say, it was like Doug. It was like Doug Weathers yeah. died on this date, yeah. and nobody else listed it as you that. You couldn't find that anywhere. That's no. bizarre. I don't know what date that book was published either. I would have to, I didn't look. Yeah, I didn't either. It could be just outdated information. Yeah, but you wouldn't have an outdated victim. It either was or it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing you could do is have them, after the fact, realize that someone else was a victim, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be like, Oh, just kidding. Well, I guess you could have thought it was him, and then after the fact, it wasn't. Wow. Um, that one got me. Oof. All sorts of, like, cringe. I was, like, bracing against my chair when you were, like, in the next victim. I was like, no, I can't. The oh. first was bad enough. I mean, that's good. You were able to... Ooh, still feel? Yeah. <laughs> that's when you don't feel, as you gotta, you gotta worry. I still have feelings, even though I just, like, have seen dead bodies now online and research this stuff. I still have feelings. Also, like, when I read about, you know, racially or or sexually charged things, I get, like, fired up in my belly. What's the word for that? I don't know. Prejudicial, I guess. Uh like hate crimes yeah yeah it just makes me angry oh wow oh wow oh wow oh wow so uh i have a story where i gave him a moniker (laughs) nice can i do that i mean that's basically how it happens in the press yeah 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 I think it's fitting. So, my story is about Daniel LaPlante. LaPlante? I don't know. There's an E on the end, so maybe it's LaPlante. But I'm just going to call it LaPlante because I'm American. All right. Danny the Plant. Danny Phantom. A.K.A. the OG Catfish. Before there was Catfish, there was Danny. Before Catfish existed. Before Neve. Before, uh... Oh, Catfish, you mean the actual, yeah, the actual, the actual animal. fish. Yeah. I mean Neve. You ever seen a movie? No, I've seen parts of the shows though. I, uh, I saw a catfish when it came to Cinemopolis. I saw it in theaters. Uh, Cinemopolis is like the indie theater in Ithaca. You gonna say is catfish really like an indie? Yeah, film? I mean at the time when Catfish the movie came out, like this sounds hipster, but like it wasn't a big thing. Most people didn't know about it, and then like MTV picked it up, and then it became like a big deal. And then it probably wouldn't have been indie anymore. But when I saw it, nobody even knew what it was. I didn't know what I was going into. I was just like, oh. You're just like, this is probably another Twilight. No. All right, Daniel Laplante. He was born in 1970 in Townsend, Massachusetts. Um. Growing up, he experienced a lot of sexual and psychological abuse as a child. His father was the one who dealt out most of that, and he punished him on a regular basis in a variety of different ways. Okay, like... Callisto. Um, he struggled with school a lot. 
both academically and socially. His fellow classmates called him weird and creepy. He had dyslexia, and so he was made fun of a lot, so he was having a really tough time in school. And his parents were worried about him, and his teachers were worried about him, so they sent him, they decided he should go see a psychiatrist. Okay. Uh, where they said he had, like, a hyperactivity problem. Like and, ADD before ADD was a Yeah, thing. and uh, they were like, yeah, you have weird behavior, and he also had, like, really bad hygiene and stuff, didn't care about himself. And so they said, okay, well, the psychiatrist should help. Should. The psychiatrist should be in your best interest. Should. Wasn't. The psychiatrist, in addition to his father, started to sexually abuse him as well. So, at first, the the psychiatrist was just making advances towards him, but then for the next year, every time they had a session, uh, he sexually abused him. Not great. No. So, all the men in his life had sexually abused him, basically. And he was just used to that being part of his daily routine if that's a run of like bad luck to just encounter a bad psychiatrist too yeah sucks makes me angry yeah so he's having a really hard time he's being hurt by everybody around him his classmates his you know his psychiatrist his dad etc so he starts to get into burglary and breaking into people's houses to steal their valuables um, so he was getting really good at this. She's literally licking an empty bowl. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> There's literally nothing in there and you're just licking it. Callisto, you're dumb. You still have an hour. I love you so much, but you're stupid. Um, so I was like, what is that noise? And she's just over there licking the bowl. Uh, so his burglary skills started to improve. But then he decided he wanted to take it one step further, so he started to use burglary instead as, like, a way to torment people. So he got less into the stealing of the valuables and more into just moving stuff around and then leaving. Ghost. I know. Isn't that creepy? Can you imagine if he just came home and it was just like, this is sort of not right. not where I put it, but, like, it's not, he wasn't doing it enough where you'd be like, oh, my God, someone is so in my house. So he's just moving things around. It's poltergeist. He's really enjoying this. And in 1986, so he's 16, he gets a phone number from one of the houses that he's burglared, I think. It didn't say for sure. But he gets a phone number for a nearby house that belongs to a man named Brian and his two daughters, Annie and Jessica Andrews. Okay, so Brian Andrews and his daughters, Jessica and Annie. And Jessica and Annie are sort of around his age. So he called the house and was like, hey, this is Danny. I'm in your daughter's grade. Can I talk to her? So he started talking to Annie on the phone a lot and was like, oh, yeah, I'm in your in your school. And she's like, well, who are you? And he was like, I'm good looking, athletic and blonde. And he would just. Dis- is that the opposite of everything, basically? Is he blonde? Does he have dark no. hair? He does have dark hair. This one I'm sure of. So he had described himself as like a Zac Efron type, you know? And they talked on the phone all the time. What kind of Zac Efron? Like High School Musical or like Ted Bundy? No, we're talking like Baywatch. Babewatch, you know? I didn't see that movie. I didn't either. I heard it was garbage. Um, But he's got abs and things. I here Zach Efron yeah he was on Ellen DeGeneres this week and talking about his abs um (laughs) so if they talk on the phone all the time she's starting to develop a crush on him and stuff like that even though she doesn't actually know who he is but he assures her that he's in her high school and he invites her out on a date that's the OG catfish part you know what I'm saying um so she goes out on a date with him and when he gets there Mm -hmm. he's totally disheveled he's super greasy you're gonna say greasy like pit stain shirt greasy like like a like a pole lock well 
you're a Polak. Yeah, and I'm super greasy. You're not super greasy. Um, he was really unattractive, and yes, he had dark hair. So nothing like Zac Efron. But she was like, oh, well, okay. I mean, we've been talking, so, you know, personality is worth something. So they decide, she decides to go out with him anyway. And they go to the fair, like you do, you know, the mm. notebook. The Massachusetts State Fair? No, just a local fair. Oh, summer is for fairs. We can go to the janky ones around, sorry. There's one. Um, like not Woodstock 50? No, that's not allowed anymore. Yeah, they, they couldn't deliver. Uh. It's like Firefest. No, there's one in Bath that my I used to go to. I lost my cell phone there once. A carny called my parents and said this cell phone was found. And I was like, this is the nicest carny ever. Then we got it back. He had taken out my micro SD. Nice. Which was like worth more than the phone because it was like a junky flip phone. And I was like, oh my god, this, this carny was so nice. And then I looked and all my pictures are gone. And he took out the micro SD. Which was like 40 bucks. Rude. And the whole like 15 <sighs> megabytes. Yeah, and good photos. Probably amazing. Probably 480p. But like, we should go because there was literal duct tape on one of the rides. And that's, you know. It's like that uh, Geico, is it Geico commercial? I don't. Oh, yeah. With the guy from the series Unfortunate Events. Guy slash yeah. gender ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. That's more thrilling than, like, an upside-down ride because it could fall apart at any moment. Um, so they go to the fair, but she's, like, kind of uncomfortable, mm-hmm. understandably. So she decides to, like, cut the date short so she thinks of a an excuse, and they go home. Um, but during the date, they're chit-chatting, and he learns that Annie and Jessica don't have a mom anymore. Like I said, it was Brian Andrews and his daughter's. Their mom had died within the year from cancer, and the two girls were taking it really hard, obviously. And he was, like, asking a million questions about it, which was kind of weird for a first date. So he was asking questions like, how much pain was she in? How much did she suffer? Weird things like that. Um, 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 um. Oh, right. So, like I would do, and definitely not you, because you're lame. Jessica and Annie, after this, a few weeks later, decide to have a seance. Because I'm into that kind of stuff. And you're not. How did they just, like, is their seance just like a Ouija board on a round table? I'm not sure Ouija boards were invented then. Oh, yeah, they were around. I had a stuff in my mouth. They were around. Oh, no Ouija boards were around. Oh, sweet, sweet chocolate. I remember when they invented the stuff. I always hated it. What are you quoting? I like shriveled up like fish thing in SpongeBob. Oh. Um, I don't know. I think they lit candles in their basement and just tried to talk to their mom. So they tried to talk to her and they figured it didn't work. They say goodbye. They don't say goodbye. But this is where it gets crazy. Um they later that evening they heard oh, bump of the night knocking in the wall on the wall in the walls knocking wall knocking knock knock like that so they heard wall knocking and they were like oh my gosh the seance worked so then they both got up and they were like talking to their mom and asking questions and the spirit would respond in knocks so they were really happy they missed their mom a whole lot Over time, though, the knocking that they heard started to become more and more regular. The spirit was trying to contact them, and they were getting a little bit annoyed with it. Mom, fuck off. (laughs) Mom, just leave me alone. Gosh, you don't understand. Yeah. So the knocking became more regular, and it disturbed them while they slept, and then objects started to uh, to move and be thrown around the house, and they're like... This is not our mother. We fucked up. We brought something else in this house. So they were like, we're dealing with a malevolent spirit. And clearly their seance took a turn for the worst. So their father, they tell their father, Brian, and he's like, girls, 
you guys are being ridiculous. Like, you are doing this. You're making it up. Because he hasn't seen anything, I assume. It's right. Just, it's well, like, and he, well, it's he's in, at It's work. in their room or. Yeah. He's like, you guys are making this up. I didn't, like, he didn't believe that they did a seance. He doesn't believe in seances. He thought they were just trying to get attention. They were having trouble coping that's, with their mom's That's dad. why I don't do seances or play with Ouija boards. I'm all about that. Do it with your mother. She's all into it, too. I know. It's her Ouija board at her house. Um, I'm surprised we'd never have. That would be great mother-daughter bonding. I'm really into, like, what is it called? The... Cult? Yeah. Um, 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 um. He doesn't believe them. Thinks it's them being upset about their mother. Right. January 1987... Okay, if there was a jump there, this is why. I opened a Glutenberg stout, and I apparently have never opened a can before because it went everywhere. So we had to pause so I could clean up the table, and now it's sticky. You interrupted my talk about Negronis. I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. I'm just a mess. The, Ita- the Italians like their, their bitter pre- and after drinks. Yeah. Or after dinner drinks, rather. Aperitif, digestive. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What a disaster. That was such a mess. Wow. Okay. All because they wanted a good, like, but it didn't work. Uh, where am I? January 1987. January 1987. Right. Let's get back on track. In January 1987, the knocking continued. When they were out of their bedroom, so now it started having everywhere. Oh, so it was only in the bedroom yeah. before. Yeah. And they realized that part of the sound was coming from the basement. So like a good horror movie. So it was like knocking through the floors? or Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, I assume it's this guy, right? Just wait. I'm just, I'm, how was he? I should have started without him. How was he moving around Just wait. the house? Just wait. Just wait. Undetected. So they're like a good horror movie. You go in the basement they alone. go in the basement. Without a flashlight. And they go downstairs. You like those sound effects? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they get down there, they see a message written in red, blood red, on the wall. And it says, I'm in your room. Come and find me. So, the girls, like smart women, they run out of the house to a neighbor and say, help, there's somebody in our house. Help, there's a ghost. Still. Who'd they call? Ghostbusters. Wow. Did you hear me? Ghostbusters. I said that with, like, perfect enunciation. Usually I'm like, Ghostbusters. Because my mom, every time you're texting, not every time, but a lot of the times when you're texting near my mother... She'll be like, who are you texting, Ghostbusters? It's like her thing. So if I'm ever like, who are you talking to, Ghostbusters? It's because of my mom. Um, so they run to their neighbor, and the neighbor calls her dad, and their dad comes home, and he's like, oh my gosh, these girls are going through this grief from their mom. It's only been like a year, right? Yeah, uh, a little over a year. But uh, he's like, okay, you need to, we're going to get you counseling. That's his solution to this problem. Weeks later, there's no knocking, but then they hear some more. So there's a few weeks that go by without knocking. Then more knocking comes. And it's coming from behind Annie's wall. And they go in, and in her room, it says, again in blood red, I'm back. Find me if you can. Do you think he was actually in the room the first time? Huh? Do you think he was actually in their room the first time? Like come fi- when he said, come find me? Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Again, they run out of the house to the neighbor. This neighbor's probably like, what is happening? <laughs> um, I'm about to wash my soaps, and now we got to deal with these goddamn I, kids. You know, the first thing I thought of was, like, actual soap. I was like, what? i got to wash my ivory soap. <laughs> what are you talking See about? See if it floats or not. <laughs> um, this is so toasty now. Now that I've had that cherry drink, this is, like, very... Toasted cherry? Toasted. Um... run to the neighbors smart women and then they return back to their house with their dad who's still like oh my god you guys need counseling your mom died i get it 
But when they come back to the house, they find the house totally, they found the house totally trashed. And that suggests, okay, my girls are not lying. There is actually a ghost in our house. Yeah, there's a malevolent spirit or something because they didn't leave the house like that. And then when they came back from the neighbor's house, it was. Darth Maul is in our house. Insidious. Oh, I was going to say, that's a for, let's just forget about that Star Wars character. But, oh my god, I watched Insidious with my high school ex-boyfriend. And he was, like, quaking on the couch. And I'm just dying laughing the whole time. And it made him so mad, which, like... I will say, I, I watched the movie, also, I saw it in theaters. And, like, there were a couple of points where I thought there was going to be jump scare and there wasn't. And then I got jump scared. Later. On other points, mm. but I did. I was laughing the whole time. I knew I'd gone to my uh, to the movies with a friend and like they had to like check the rearview mirror a couple of times and like check the back seat to to be sure. Wow, it did not shake me. That's coming to Netflix this month. But like, what does it say about me that like it made me laugh more to know that he was so scared and also mad at me for being so comical about it? Like I'm a jerk. Um, uh, but anyway, well, I realized earlier that um, if we have when we go on tour, if when. And there's a drinking game associated with us because everything should be a drinking game, in my opinion. I feel like one of them is going to be like when I say, however, because I say, however, all the time. But anyway. And but anyway. But anyway. So the dad, Brian, goes into Annie's room and sees a message in blood red that says, marry me. Casual. That's how I want to be proposed to you. I mean, proposed to by you. I mean, obviously, all the the girls have run out at the house every single time. Yeah. There's been blood red writing. Yeah. Is it it paint or something? Can you just wait? It's not blood. Can you just wait? You don't know. There was a girl in my sixth grade science class who did her homework in her own blood from her finger. With a needle? She would just, like, cut herself a little and then cut herself a little more. I don't know how a teacher didn't report that. Maybe they didn't know, but it was weird. How did you know? Because she bragged about it and would show her finger and would do it in class. I mean, it saves you on buying Ew, big, babe. big pens. Gross. Anyway, so he sees a message that says, marry me, turns around, and there's Danny. <laughs> Here's Danny. Johnny. Um, and Danny is wearing his late wife's clothing, in full makeup, has a blonde wig on, and is holding a hatchet. Cute. What's her name? Lizzie Borden. Yeah. Um, he was probably dressed as, like, later they thought about it, he was probably dressed as their mom because he wanted to, like, appeal to the girls and, like, pretend more that he was their mom. Um, what, was, what was the hatchet? The Ask- hatchet was in case things went sideways. So the two men struggle, but Danny manages to escape. Because he's greasy. He's able to slip out of there. He's just like a fish. He's like a greased pig. (laughs) Yeah, or that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The OG catfish. They're all slimy. Yeah. Um, The police are called, and they scour the house looking for Danny, who's escaped. And they discover a crawl space behind a cupboard in Annie's bedroom. Also, they also discover that the messages are written in paint, ketchup. I mean, <laughs> your face right now is just like Jesus Christ. This is stupid. <laughs> How do you not notice like your bottle of Heinz fifty seven? <laughs> Maybe half empty. B Y O K. Bring your own ketchup. The world's life. Is there a spider? No, it's a bird. I think it's nesting above the window. <gasps> Beautiful spring. <laughs> I saw like a bird like flapping at the window. I'm like, oh god, it's gonna f- smack its face in the window. But they do that. Beautiful spring, but we also have like squirrels or something in our <laughs> ceiling. We have an exterminator coming tomorrow. Um, gonna kill them all. Stop! I think they're babies. Um, so they find this crawl space, and they open it up and just crouched in there like a little gremlin is Danny. He's just in there hunkered down waiting for the storm to pass. Casual. So they bring him out and they arrest him. And after doing a thorough search of the house, they find that he has been living in the walls the entire time, 
tunneling through them. And he had put peepholes in every single room so he could watch Annie no matter what room she was in. Gross. Um, so... I just mean... Inside a wall is what? Inside an interior wall is maybe... Not a lot. Maybe 10 inches? Yeah, I mean, he's just going shimmying sideways. And that's, that's a conservative He's one. gross and slimy and greasy and small. Yeah, but it's like 10 inches is still like a, a conservative estimate. I think it's much smaller than that. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so he goes to a juvenile facility and stays there until October 1987. Just to recap, this was January 1987 when this all happened. His parents not care. No, I mean, I don't. Danny hasn't been home. They don't in mention it at 12. all. Danny hasn't been home in a year. That's true. They don't mention anything about that, in like the nine sites that I looked at. So, in October 1987, he's released from the juvenile facility, and right after he gets out, he starts burglary again. Is burglaring a word? Because word burglarizing. Oh, because it underlined that. Okay, and. He goes to a house and he steals two handguns. Although I think there is also a difference between like burglary and there's, a, there's like one that involves like taking by force mm. and one that's like you go in and out. I don't know. On December 1st, 1987, a man named Andrew Gustafson. 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 I don't know. Gustavo. Returns home from work to find a gruesome sight in his house. Catch up all over the fucking walls. Oh, this is really serious. <laughs> Mustard. His pregnant wife, Priscilla, is face down on the bed and had been shot multiple times in the head after having been raped. His five-year-old William is drowned in the upstairs bathroom, and his eight-year-old Abigail was drowned in the downstairs bathroom. So that's two and a half kids in a woman. Um, and uh, the person, obviously it's Danny, but at this time they don't know. They think that he probably forced himself into the home with a gun and restrained them. There were like was there evidence that the kids had been restrained no just the no wife. just the wife um so he probably used the gun to restrain the wife and then subdue the kids easily attack them kill priscilla and the kids and then moved on so the killer who they end up connecting as in the area it's a small town mm -hmm. as danny escapes and an APB is put out on him. He's considered very dangerous and likely armed. Um, a few towns over, Danny is located. He breaks into a woman's home, kidnaps her, takes her car. They drive away. Somehow she gets out of the car and escapes scot-free. How old is this kid? Like 18? 17. 17. Um, and then eventually Danny is discovered hiding behind a dumpster. So they find him like two towns over and he's behind a dumpster. And when he's brought in, there's a hair belonging to the eight-year-old that he killed on his sock. So they pin him to those three murders. Also, I mean, good on them, but we now, now know that hair analysis is... You know it's from the family, though, right? I, don't, I just know that hair analysis isn't... It's not great, but I thought it, you could pin it to a a lineage I don't. or and i know sometimes it's not complete that I, I mean i just know that like sometimes you could like think it's like a person's and it could end up being like a dog's mm -hmm. hair well this pisses me off because he spent like eight months in jail for living in someone's wallet terrorizing them and also having a hatchet and, what like, did he what was the conviction on that though trespassing just like yeah being stupid and weird <laughs> creepy and weird eight months um one count of being a poltergeist yeah <laughs> uh malevolent spirithood doesn't get you much in jail um so he's brought in he receives three life sentences for three counts of first degree murder for the gustafson murders um 
And since being in jail, he has showed little regret or remorse. He was diagnosed as having an antisocial personality disorder with little empathy. And he has sued the court multiple times for not allowing him to have religious rights in jail. What is his religion? Posferianism. What's that? You you worshipped the flying spaghetti monster in the sky. No, but it's another fun one. Scientology. Nope. Cthulhuism. Satanism. Yeah. He's not allowed to perform his satanic rituals. Which is what? Worship. I don't know. Murdering a goat? Sacrificing a goat or a a lamb. A chicken? So, uh, no, that's, uh, what's it called? Santeria is chickens. Uh, so yeah, he sued them for not allowing him to practice satanic rituals, but they're just like, no. Also, satanic <laughs> rituals, I feel like you need multiple people. Unless, at least in my experience, it's sa- sa- satanic, like, where you, like, worship or you, uh, sacrifice a lamb or a goat. Like, there's usually, like, six to twelve people there. I have no idea. But they don't care. Um, however, in- <laughs> however in 2017 he said i do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow i am truly sorry for the harm that i have caused from the very essence of who i am from the depth of my soul i am sorry so he seems to have some sort of remorse but 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 i almost said however um people think that it's being manipulative because he's trying to get a shorter sentence mm-hmm. there were like a lot of laws changed and there were, this was like super confusing when I was researching it because he got three consecutive life sentences, but then after he was put in prison, there was a law that had stated that juvenile prisoners couldn't serve more than 30 years without the possibility of parole. But they're like, you've got three life sentences and this is like what you're supposed to fulfill. So instead we're going to, say that it's three 15-year sentences and they don't, like, go back. This is really confusing, I know. They don't go back and they're like, okay, well, you know, we had this ruling after the fact. We'll apply it to you. So if you got that, those three life sentences before that ruling, you still have those three life sentences. To the three life sentence rule. Yeah, so he doesn't have to get the possibility of parole at 30 years, but they were trying to get that to be his deal Mm -hmm. um they ended up making it so that it was 15 years per murder until he was possible for parole so he has to serve a total of 45 years until he is even eligible for parole at that point he'll be like in his 60s um and so um he also was trying to you know get parole because he was a juvenile when it happened and he was like you know, I was still developing. It was an immaturity thing, things like that. And the judge was basically like, "You murdered three people. You freaking don't have an immaturity problem. You have just a regular problem. Like you being seventeen, which is one year away from not being a juvenile, had nothing to do with the fact that you killed three people, and also were crazy and creepy." Does he ever say, "Just like was hit the rejection, like enough to?" Cause him to snap and kill three people. I don't think there was a snapping point. So, like I said, when he was in um, the Andrews household, he had a hatchet. So mm. he was ready for if, like, he was rejected for something to happen. So, like, he, he was prepared. Kill, probably do what? Kill her, her sister and her, Probably her everybody. I would assume everybody. Like, I'm not the guy and I wasn't there. But, like, I think he always had this predisposition. But I would imagine he wouldn't want to kill the person he was pining after. Well, if she rejected him, you don't even know. He could have taken her. He did kidnap that one woman. Yeah, I just imagine, like, fine, you won't, like, go out with me. I'll kill your dad and your sister. How about now? Yeah. But I I don't think it was a rejection that caused him to want to kill. I think he was ready to kill and then got caught. And then after, like, immediately after you know Mm -hmm. i think probably being rejected helped fuel it and he chose someone pretty much random but yeah because he had no connection to that family um in 2014 andrew gustafson passed away natural causes he was old um 
And on his deathbed, allegedly, he said, don't ever let him out. He should rot in prison. And Danny LaPlante was featured in Investigation Discoveries, Your Worst Nightmare, which I've never heard of that show, but it's a show. And his episode was called Bump in the Night. Because of the Knox. Yeah. <laughs> That's the story of Daniel LaPlante. Greasy OG catfish. Slippery son of a bitch. Look at you. Son of a bitch. I, that's I'm on, drink. That was on the radio last night. It was like, son of a... And there was just like pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. Mm-hmm. Where you're like waiting for something to happen, you know? The word pregnant in terms of pauses. Mm-hmm. So that was my story. Nice. Oh, I mentioned this a while ago. Did you? I was like, do you want me to do this one? And you were like, no. So let me do it while I think of it. And it has something to do with the fact that we're about to announce Supernatural Tales for You available with your Patreon donations. Sad Tales Podcast. Patreon.com slash Sad Tales Podcast. Um, so this Strange Things Folks Utter is brought to you by me. Um, and I didn't think it was strange. But then I watched the reaction, and I was like, maybe that was weird. <laughs> so, uh, you be the judge. Maybe you won't think it's You, so the weird. listener, be the judge. The, you, the listener, be the judge. Because I don't think you, Alex, will think it's that weird. But, you know, maybe it's weird. So, I was having a conversation. I was actually having, like, a a meeting with my supervisor. Mm-hmm. And without going into too much detail about what my work is, because I don't want to enclose that, um... So there are a few different areas that we can go to and have meetings. And we scheduled a meeting. We were just having like a brainstorming check-in session. So we go to this one location and we're having our meeting. And we had been talking for like an hour and a half or something like that. And then all of a sudden, then there's like a, I don't know if it was an air duct or a heat unit that kicks on and Mm -hmm. like makes a noise. And my supervisors like looks around and he's like kind of weirded out and i was like oh (laughs) your throat just made a noise Mm -hmm. um i was like oh it's just like the air it kicks on all the time because i've spent more time in that location than he has uh just because i've i've actually worked at the the i've worked there longer anyway so i've spent more time there i was like oh that's the air it just kicks on and he's like oh okay i thought someone was coming in and I was like, oh, you should have seen it. One time I was in here doing some work, and I was the only person in the facility, and there's a bathroom attached to it, and the toilet kicks on, it starts to flush, and the sink turns on while I'm in there by myself, and I'm not in the bathroom. Ghost. Yeah, so the toilet flushes. The toilet, I was like, okay, well, the toilet is one of those censored one so i was like okay well that's you know kind of weird but like it's the sensor it could be weird the sink is a handle Mm. so i was like oh my god and i went in there and i looked around and there was nobody in there obviously i'm literally the only one in the in the building so i google it um and i'm like i start looking for like deaths in the area you know, deaths in that building, deaths in buildings nearby, things like that. Um, and this is all happening while I'm there on this separate time. But when I'm having this conversation with my boss, um, he was like freaking out about there. I was like, yeah, you should have seen it. You know, the sink turned on and the toilet turned on. And so I started Googling dead people in the area to see if this place was haunted. And he just like looks at me like I have seven heads. And I'm like, isn't that what you would have done? And he's like, no. I would have just accepted it as a fact. <laughs> just thinking to myself, oh my God, am I weird? Because like, I needed to know. I was like, who has died here? Who's died nearby? Like, wh- what am I dealing with here? And he just looks at me and he, we just like sit there for a second. And I was like, is this a strange thing to say to someone? Should I have not said that? And I was like, I also have a true crime podcast. This was the same day. He's like, what is what is a podcast? No, he knows what podcasts are. He doesn't listen to them. I gave him 
my art title, but I was like, I have a true crime podcast. I was like, it's both dark and humorous like me. And he was like, okay. Okay. Just say it's like that vine. There's a, it's like a woman. She's like, here I am in the Amazon. It's like doing like a panoramic like video. And like, throw, I guess to like her tour guide or something. And some guy's like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a strange thing. I uttered it. Maybe I shouldn't have. I don't know. I feel okay about it. That's what I just do, you know? S-T-I-U. Strange things I utter. Strange things cow utters. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cow utters are, are strange things. Stop. Okay. So, here's the deal. Do you like us? Do you love us? If you love us, go to www.patreon.com slash sadtalespodcast to donate to our Patreon page, ranging from 2 to $25 a month. That or hide in our walls and draw ketchup words on our walls. Oh my god, please don't. Also, we probably should get more ketchup sometime soon. It's running low. It's from all the art we've been doing. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't noticed any writings on the walls. But... <laughs> um, besides Patreon... We have a few different social media accounts. We have Sad Tales Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, so go ahead and follow us there. We have our Facebook page. You can go and check us out there. And of course, the most important, which is listening to our episodes. So we're available on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast. So please head on over there. Tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell a loved one. Please give us a listen and review us and share the love because we love giving true crime to you yeah and 18 percent sake bottles apparently we can do the whole thing in an episode we're looking at you uh denmark and we're looking at you freaking pennsylvania let's call pennsylvania out again still indonesia z- still zero pennsylvania the philippines Montana also. I can't call out Montana listeners that I know. We both lived in Montana. They're not listening. I didn't have any friends in Montana. Well, I did, and they're not listening. Rude. Anyway, so that'll do it for episode nine, my favorite number. Um, We also have a Gmail, so sadtalespodcast at gmail.com. You can send in maybe strange things you've overheard in your personal life or mm-hmm. stories Mm-hmm. That uh, relate to you, or yeah, suggestions even. That love, we'll do that love, too. Love, love. Yeah, best way to show your love, like we said, is probably Patreon, uh, Sad Tales Podcast. And uh, besides that, we'll see you next week for episode ten. Been doing double digits. Two and a half months already. Wow! 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 Oh my gosh! Okay, bye. Bye.